And welcome, everybody. This is Jake Novak, and this is Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network here on this Monday, January 7th. A lot of stuff to talk about uh, since last week, and a lot of stuff to talk about looking forward to this week. Of course, really, the, the big news, the big domestic news that continues to drag on, and I don't mean it's big news and that it's such an important effect on everybody's lives, but the, the lead story, if you're in the news business or looking at news in your newspaper or on your favorite websites or on TV, is the government shutdown, which is uh, well into its third week right now. And, you know, I talked on this program before here on Novak Now, and you'll see it on my Twitter feed, at JakeJakeNY, or on my Facebook pages, the Jake Novak Facebook pages. You'll see me, and you've heard me say this many times, you've read it, where I've said that the news media is stricken by many, many biases, but the number one bias is not actually politics. It's in the top three. The, the left-wing political bias, in, for most of the people in the news media, is extremely, extremely debilitating for their ability to, to act as a free press and do a good job. But the biggest bias I have is towards negativity, negative news. And I have a bunch of jokes about that that I try to use to convey the, the clarity of that. One being, if you had a friend who got a surgery, let's say it was a, you know, a necessary surgery and everything went well, you know, you'd have a propensity in the news media to, instead of saying Joe Schmo got a successful surgery, their headline would be, Mass Man Uses Deadly Scalpel to Cut into an Innocent Human Being. Um, anything can be stretched, sensationalized, changed for negative and sensational type uh, angles, and we see that a lot. And we're seeing that bias a lot right now. Uh, it's one thing to report on the government shutdown and to accentuate the negatives of it. Talk about those federal workers who aren't getting paid, talking about the trash that's apparently collecting and not being picked up at our national parks and monuments. Uh, I wouldn't call that necessarily sensationalism. Of course, putting that story out as prominently uh, as those stories have been put out is, uh, I think, a, a form of negative bias. But the big problem that I'm seeing is the negative bias is so strong that when progress is made, when good things do happen, uh, you don't hear about it. Even when the president himself or somebody else of, of important prominence makes the statement, and we saw that last week uh, on Friday when President Trump at the Rose Garden was talking to the news media, and he talked about how there had already been an agreement during the talks over the government shutdown with the Democrats and the White House for new technology to be used and new resources to be devoted at our legal ports of entry to help speed up the process of people entering this country legally, which is really, really what everybody should want. Uh, we must find many different ways to discourage illegal immigration, and one of those ways has to be to reward the people who are doing it legally. If you show up to a legal port of entry in this country, and you end up waiting an eternity, uh, that's a problem. That's a problem, and that is what's going on, and has been going on for decades. And not everyone who shows up at a legal port of entry should be given asylum or a green card or any of those things, but there are a lot of people who do come to those legal ports of entry who absolutely deserve it. And... All we're doing is encouraging more people to cross illegally if we make the legal process of coming to this country that much more excruciating and delayed. So to me, that was a very, very big positive moment, positive development. And I'm not expecting any 
even somewhat favorable news organizations to the president to make that into the big lead of the day and talk about it for hours on end. But it wasn't mentioned by anybody other than President Trump. You know, I, I, I get that they want to get the excitement going and the anger going, but you can have all those things and still mention, hey, here's this progress that was made. They are going to make it quicker to go through at the illegal ports of entry because of technology and, and more funding and whatever they've decided to agree on. And the fact that there's no discussion of that is because of the negativity bias and, of course, the liberal bias against President Trump. That is just it, it, to such an extensive degree that there's just nothing the man can do that they'll even take a moment to praise or look at as a positive development. And this wasn't even something that he did on his own. I mean, this is something clearly that was worked out by probably would have been done no matter who the president was. So that's to me is just very frustrating because for those of us who are making the argument that we want a, a, a structured, um, well-working, legal immigration process in this country, we can't just keep saying that and then allowing these backlogs at the legal ports of entry that we continue to see. So when we see progress like this, to me, that's, that's a headline story. I understand it's not a headline story for everyone, but to be, for it to be no story for anyone is not excusable. And it's yet another example of how the story is, uh, so many different stories are not covered fairly, are not covered honestly. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to get very far as a nation, no matter who the president is, no matter who's in Congress, no matter who our governors and representatives are, if we continue with this nonsense. If we continue with this negativity, just let's, let's talk about the worst possible case. Let's not do any analysis of any policy. I mean, I, I would have even been happy. I would have even been happy if you had some media experts saying, oh, this isn't such a great thing that they're speeding up the legal ports of entry. At least they would have mentioned it. You know, the, the news media has a huge problem with non-stories. In other words, they run stories that, and make them sound like they're the biggest thing in the world that aren't really stories. And then the big stories they ignore. You know, uh, if they didn't ignore big stories as much as they do, they'd probably all be really wealthy in the news media because they would know about trends and they would know about companies that would be worth investing and things like that. Um, and that, of course, leads me to what really is the saddest example of this suppression of important stories that we're seeing in the news media right now and how much it backfires uh, in a lot of different ways. And that is this story of Officer Ronil Singh, uh, an immigrant from Fiji, who in the Northern California area, uh, just before Christmas, pulled over an illegal immigrant on a, in a traffic stop on a suspicion of DUI. And that illegal immigrant from Mexico shot and killed him. Shot and killed a cop. And... It turned out that he was able to stay on the lam for a little while because he had other illegal immigrant friends and, uh, and relatives who helped hide him from the cops. It turned out that he should have been deported because he had been pulled over on DUIs and arrested for those in the past. But because California has a sanctuary state law, his status was not reported to the federal government or to the Border Patrol folks. And it should have been. So... Here you have a case where it's an illegal immigrant in this country killing a legal immigrant, a cop. And a lot of you listening right now haven't even heard the story, have not even heard the name of, of Officer Ronil Singh. Now you have if you've been following my Twitter feed at JakeJakeNY, and you have if you've been seeing my Facebook pages. 
But for the most part, the story has been thrown down the Orwellian memory hole. California, for example, has two U.S. senators, as all states do, Dianne Feinstein and Kamala Harris. Neither one of them have tweeted or made a public statement about the killing of a police officer in their state. They have, both of them, though, since the killing of Officer Singh, tweeted and talked about the deaths of two illegal immigrant children who died in American custody. And I'll talk about that in a moment, a little bit more about that in a moment. So that they're willing to talk about, and I think that those deaths of those children are tragedies, and I'm not looking to suppress those stories. I have had quite a lot to say about those stories. I don't believe that the answer to stories that are being spun in a way that you don't like is to pretend they don't exist. But it sure feels like the Democratic National Committee and the Democrats in general, no elected Democrat has talked about the the killing of, of Officer Singh, and it really feels like it's a concerted effort on behalf of the Democrats, not to mention the story at all. And As I've written, again, you can see this on my social media feeds, I've written about this already a few times since the killing. And I've made the point that the argument that the left makes for not mentioning, for example, Officer Singh's name or stories like this at all when illegal immigrants commit crimes, their argument is, well, if you make a a big deal out of a story like this, it is an attempt to smear all immigrants. Okay, that's one argument they make. Second argument they make is, and and if those kinds of stories get out there, then... It's possible that violence and other violent discrimination against legal and illegal immigrants will ensue. And I've heard this argument over and over, and even though I've preemptively tried to dissuade this argument, it's as if these folks just, they're like robots, they just come out and say this, and uh, they don't realize that I've already kind of dispelled that argument. But the arguments are both, those arguments against reporting these stories are, are ludicrous, and they're also just heartless. The heartless part, I don't think I need to explain. You have an officer, a young man, an immigrant from Fiji with a five-month-old baby killed. It doesn't matter who killed him. To, to not mention the story and to give it the due and to give the honor to Officer Singh that he deserves is just a disgrace for any reason. But the ludicrous argument that, well, if you say that an illegal immigrant killed a police officer and make that a big story, you are implying that all illegal immigrants are criminals. Uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Who says that? All illegal immigrants are violent criminals. Yes, all illegal immigrants have broken the law by coming into the country illegally. But it doesn't mean that they're all violent criminals. You know, probably a small percentage of them are. There's a lot of people making a big deal out of some study that says that a smaller percentage of illegal immigrants are violent criminals than native-born Americans. Even if that were true, so (laughs) what net number of violent criminals would you like to bring into this country? I I I would say zero. But first of all, I don't really know how you do that study in any kind of reliable way because illegal immigrants are undocumented. That's a point. Duh, they're undocumented. We don't know how many of them there are. So if we're going to talk about people who might be convicted, that's another story. Okay? Different story. But again, even if that's true, so? So? <laughs> we, if you've committed a crime and you're here, here illegally and there are ways to find people who are here illegally who might commit a violent crime, does that mean that we don't try to impose those types of safeguards? Of course not. Of course not. That's ludicrous. And it's also ludicrous and condescending and just terrifically ignorant to say that the American people will somehow go into some kind of mass violent attack on all legal and illegal immigrants if we publicize stories like the killing of Officer Roniel Singh. Remember, folks, this is the country of over 300 million people where there were no mass attacks on Muslims, for example, after 9-11. 
I think there was like one or two attacks in the entire country on individual people that thankfully were not fatal. Maybe one was. And that would be one too many, and I'm not condoning that at all. But honestly, after an attack like 9-11, the fact that the American people didn't go into any riot or massive hunt-down of Muslims in a violent way uh, is just what I would expect from the American people. We don't do that in this country. We haven't for a long time. And for those of you who want to bring up that example of the internment of Japanese Americans on the West Coast during World War II, first of all, that was not good, (laughs) certainly not certainly not supporting that, President Roosevelt's policy to do that. But honestly, even then, you didn't have people barging into those camps and setting them on fire and killing people. The American people are not really that much of a mob mentality thing, people. And yes, there are instances of mobs and attacks in this country over the, you know, almost 300 years of this country's history. But frankly, it's not, uh, it's not something that's in our DNA. And to insinuate that it is, because, to insinuate that the American people are going to go around and try to kill every Mexican they see, because if, if you have the, you know, if you dare to tell the story of Officer Singh and his killing, it's, it just goes to show how much disdain and lack of respect and cynicism the left has for their fellow Americans. I mean, these are people, I think about half of these people are young enough that they've gone through an education system that really has taught them that Americans are racist and hateful people. There's a lot of that in the American education system right now. It just is. And don't tell me that it isn't. Because right now, I've got kids in the American educational system, and there's just a a ton of that going on. And it's a ton of that in the universities. There seems to be no happy medium between those who want to say America is great and perfect all the time in the education system. There's not a lot of people like that, but there are some. And those who want to say, this is a horrible, terrible, racist country. You know, I, I will match America's history and America's people now and at any time in our history against any other nation in the world. And we will come out on top almost every single time when it comes to the way we treat minorities, the way that we treat other people, immigrants. Is it perfect? No. Is it better than you're going to get in almost any other country at any time in the, in, in the history of this world? Yes. Do we deserve a pat on the back on that? Uh, a little bit, but we certainly don't need, deserve to be attacked. We deserve to look at where we've succeeded, look where we failed, and try to fix the failures and accentuate the positives, just like anything any sane person would do. But you have, now have it so bad that you have an entire segment of the country absolutely hell-bent on not mentioning the name of Officer Singh. It's really a disgrace. And not mentioning this story. And if you're offended by the fact that you think that the American people will react in, a, in an unfair and, and a wrong way about it, then prove it. Prove it. Prove that that's going, what's going to happen. In the meantime, give Officer Singh and give... The circumstances that led to his death, according to a number of sheriffs in that part of California, a little bit south of San Francisco, but obviously well north of Los Angeles, that area, give them their due. Give them their due and listen to them. And if you want to disagree with them, that's fine. But don't call people racist and hateful and, 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 mo- and trying to incite a riot just for talking about a story. And I've got to tell you, there have been people who have already criticized me and used all those same tired arguments. They're saying, oh, this is an attempt to smear all immigrants. It's not. This is this, this is that. It's really getting very frustrating to hear the same old arguments. They're just pathetic. They really are. And it's, it's very depressing to see an absolutely organized, and I believe, I believe the, the Democratic National Committee and a number of leaders in the Democrat-led Congress and in, in the House have absolutely told everybody among their party, among their caucus, don't mention this story. Just don't even mention it. 
And let me tell you where that leads us. That's, let me talk a little bit right now on Novak now about suppression. I mean, you try to suppress a story. When the news media, for the most part, ignores an important story, and when an entire political party tries to pretend things aren't really happening and they want to, and they'll make the argument like, well, this will mislead people and the whole thing. They make it worse. Worse for them and worse for the country as a whole. And here's what I mean by that. When you don't air a story, when it looks like you're working harder to keep a story from being mentioned in the first place, whether it's about Fast and Furious, that scandal at the Justice Department under Eric Holder, or whether it's about Hillary Clinton and her emails. Remember, there was a big effort to suppress that story too, by the left. Or whether it's a story about President Obama and his campaign finance violations, or whether it's a story about the Hillary Clinton campaign paying KGB agents to gum up a, a, the Steele dossier against President Trump. All this stuff becomes the fodder for conspiracy theorists. Suddenly, because you're not debating a story out in the open, those in the shadows on both sides of the political spectrum end up becoming the purveyors of the story. And when you, become a, when you allow those people to become the purveyors of the story, crazy things happen. People start to believe the wildest stuff. And also there becomes this belief that the story is being suppressed because of some kind of wider conspiracy. And then you have people who are aggrieved at all levels. Then people believe the story must be even more important than it, than it might truly be. And we've seen a lot of that in the United States both parties have done it. But, for example, in the case of the two children who died in U.S. custody, two illegal immigrant children who have died in U.S. custody in the last uh, few weeks, uh, people like me did not not talk about the story. I wasn't looking to suppress that story. I made a number of points about how it was still a tragic story and we grieve for these children. But I made the point that you shouldn't blame the border control and you shouldn't blame American policies for those deaths. I believe the border control agents and the medical assistants who work with them work their butts off to save those children's lives. I believe that there was a number of different things that were done by the parents or the adults who were with those children that led to their deaths. I believe that it is the danger that our porous borders present to people in the way of attractive nuisance, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a second, that lead to the deaths of these people, whether they're children or adults. And I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. I don't think the problem is, oh, border agents don't care about children. Border agents, or, or border agents, God forbid, killed a child. But that's my point. I'm, I'm willing to debate, about, debate this. I'm not going to go around saying, oh, don't report the story. Don't talk about those two children who died in, in U.S. custody. I would like you to talk about it in a fair way. I would like you to avoid the unfair headlines. I would like you to avoid demonizing government workers uh, and unionized government workers at the border. <laughs> you know, Democrats, I, I just love how they, like, they demonize their own base, union workers, which they do every time they, they try to cast dispersions on ICE and Border Patrol agents and that kind of stuff. They do that every time. When they say they're the friends of the unions and friends of government workers, they have no problem calling cops and border agents uh, sometimes as bad as Nazis. 
But I'm not saying don't do the story. I'm not saying leave that story out of your headlines. Hey, I'm not calling up Fox News and saying, hey, Fox, don't do that story at all. I think they should do it because people want to talk about it and it's in the news. And it is the death of a child which should never be underestimated or, 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 or watered down as, 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 a, as, a, as a sad instance. Okay, We don't do that in this country. We shouldn't do that in this country. The point being, that's not like what we're seeing with the Democrats who are really trying to suppress this story of Officer O'Neill Singh being killed by an illegal immigrant. Now, I don't go around saying, I'm holier than thou and better than everybody else very often. That's never a good idea. But in this instance, I feel that my insistence on discussing the deaths of those two children and illegal immigrants who died in American custody is important. In custody, I think that's important. I'm willing to have that debate, and I want to discuss it. I'm not trying to suppress it. And I do think that puts me on a much more intellectually honest and decent place than those who not only want to suppress the story of Officer Singh, but accuse those who talk about the story of Officer Singh, like me, accuse us of trying to incite a riot against immigrants, to incite hatred against others. It's just not true, and it's not honest debate. If you are talking to somebody and their only counter-argument to you is that you're a hate monger or you're a racist or you're trying to create a riot, then you've won the debate. And you probably should walk away, but you can, the last thing you can say is, you can't debate the facts of this story without demonizing me, which means you have no argument. You have no argument. So, for, again, I'm willing to talk about all those things that might make the pro border security side, the pro-border barrier side. I'm willing to to look at those stories that might not work into into our narrative and to debate them and discuss them. And in in, in the cases where they might actually refute something that I'm saying, I'd be even willing to say, hey, this refutes something that I'm saying. I'm going to look at this a little bit closer from now on. I just don't get that kind of a feeling from the other side, which is so sad for America that we can't have a debate anymore about a lot of important things. You know, the, the border barrier is needed. We need a better barrier. And so I said I was going to talk about this idea of attract, attractive nuisance, and that's what I want to talk about to finish up this week's edition of Novak Now here. Many of you listening probably have a swimming pool or have a friend or a relative who has a swimming pool at their home. And many of you might already know, whether you own a pool or not, that if you do have one of these pools... There are almost every state and city in the United States and a town, whatever kind of municipality we're talking about, has a number of rules about the maintenance and protections of those swimming pools. So what a lot of cities and towns and people have found over the years with swimming pools is that sometimes on hot days, children wander into those pools. Children who can't swim, children who don't swim very well, people who might be drunk... You know, walk into somebody's home, uh, backyard, walk onto somebody's property, jump into the pool, and terrible things happen. And so these states and cities and other municipalities have passed rules that have said, you've got to build a fence or some kind of barrier that will keep the wanderers out of the pool. And if you have young children, whether they're living in your home or not, you've got to really make sure those barriers and those fences and things are childproof. Because there have been instances where children walk into these pools and God, you know, it happens. They die, they drown, they get injured, things like that. And it's called an attractive nuisance. In other words, if you have something that really will attract a child or somebody who really wants to cool off or 
you know, you can think of a number of different instances of attractive nuisance, but I'm going to keep it to swimming pools here. If you have an attractive nuisance on your property, it's your responsibility to make sure that somebody can't take advantage of that. So you have to make it an unattractive nuisance or make it that it's not attractive at all by building the proper barriers, fences, and other types of uh, barriers. Again, I, I know I said barriers twice. So you have to do that. My friends, the many areas along our southern border that are not really well protected and barred off are the very definition of an attractive nuisance. The people in Mexico and the people of Central America know about these areas that are porous. There are not a lot of them, but there are enough that a lot of illegal immigrants can get through. And because of that, we are attracting people to do something dangerous. Just as like we are attracting someone to do something dangerous when you don't put a proper fence or barrier around your swimming pool. The journey that people make to get here illegally is not safe. It is not safe for adults. It is not safe for children. People die. Not only do they die, but they come in with coyotes and other human traffickers. And God knows what happens to them after they get here or on the way here with these human traffickers and coyotes and whatever you want to call them. And we are creating a magnet for this kind of dangerous, illegal, immoral activity by having the attractive nuisance of porous, non-barriered parts of our border. It's very simple. It's very simple. Now, you can't seal off every inch of the border 100%. But like I said, we have some gaping holes in the border that serve as an attractive nuisance, that are a danger to life and limb for those who try to cross it. And we have to do something to negate that attractive nuisance. It has to happen. And if we don't do it, we are guilty in luring people to make that dangerous journey, luring people to bring children, like the two who died, to take that dangerous journey. You know, this isn't a journey like they're going on a Greyhound bus that takes a couple of stop that stops every few hours at McDonald's or a gas station. Okay, we're talking about trips where people are out in the elements, trips where people don't have access to free to, to free or, or, or low cost water and, and food. We're talking about trips where people are being smuggled in eighteen wheeler trucks with no windows and no air conditioning. We're talking about trips where people are smuggled through tunnels. Children. Okay? Stuff that you would not allow your children to do because it's just not safe. And that's why it's important for us to talk about those two illegal immigrant children who died at our borders. Important not to suppress that story because it should be a lesson to those who want to try this journey. It's not safe. But we can't just scold them. We have to eliminate the attractive nuisance that is the poorest parts of our border. And we have a number of them. Now, does that mean you have to support every little thing President Trump says about a wall? No. Does that mean that we have to have the exact amount of money that is demanding? No. But it does mean that we need better barriers at our border. And you can't just say you're for border security without advocating for those barriers. You can't. That's not how it works. You have to be realistic about what we're facing here. And I do believe that we need some kind of a a better border barrier. And could President Trump have done a better way? Should that money have been allocated? And should that work have been started a long time ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean we throw the baby with the bathwater out now 
and don't make those improvements that we need to make. I'm Jake Novak. This has been Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network. I hope to speak to you again next week.